You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Citizen, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, October 30th, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, Central City. Brittany Garcia. Hey, everyone. Dimitri Rejasinger. What's good, Central City? And Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, Central City. Happy Halloween. Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 4, which was a Halloween-themed episode and was titled There Will Be Blood and aired on October 29, 2019. Here's a very brief official synopsis. Barry's efforts to prepare Cisco for crisis and life without the Flash are derailed when Cisco schemes to save Barry's life instead. Meanwhile, Ramsey Rosso uses his deadly new abilities to save his own life while sacrificing his humanity in the process. Let's check in on the ratings for Season four, 6, Episode 4. The episode was viewed by 1.44 million total viewers, up slightly from last week, and had a 0.5 to say steady in the demo rating. So let's go around the horn. What was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Brittany, you haven't been with us for a while. Uh, what did you think of this app? Oh, man. It was so emotional, and it was so great. I think I found it a little bit better than last week, but I think they did everything right um, with this episode in in terms of the emotions, the the characters, um, the breakdowns, and especially with our main big bad of the season, because I know we're working up mostly to crisis. So I was wondering, like, how are they gonna balance that out with um, uh, with blood work? Like, are are we gonna build him up slowly, and then he's the big bad after crisis? Or are they gonna build him up now, and then we're just they're just gonna put him aside? But they went all you know balls to the wall with him in this episode and it was fantastic we got some zombies in here hell yes i am a horror fan i was into this episode and of course for the feel so i really like this episode sorry i just want to check your enunciation you did say you're a horror fan right <laughs> yes okay just just you know i don't want to judge your personal life i just <laughs> i just was curious to make sure we all understood are you judging where people this podcast that are is going fans to of horrors I'm just saying. Uh, okay, so a very positive start from uh, from Brittany. Millie, what did you think of the episode? Man, it really made me feel things. I really like that. Um, I feel like the Arrowverse shows this season really are touching in on the emotional parts. I mean, you can't 
the whole scene between Joe and Barry and Cisco and Barry, I feel like both of those relationships have kind of been lacking in the past recent seasons. So I love that we really got to spend time on those and kind of develop that, which makes sense because they're the ones that, you know, some of the ones that are closest to Barry. And then I love the more development of blood work and where he's going and um, kind of seeing his conflict with his mom wanting to, you know, give up and just kind of, like, let it go and his fight kind of giving him that backstory. I love that. And I also like how the structure is um, they kind of figure out what to do with the large cast, right? So you kind of have everyone in the background and kind of pop up periodically instead of kind of just jamming it all together. So it was great. Uh, Jeff, what was your rating? Or not your rating, but what was your uh, reaction to the episode? It was very good. I enjoyed it. I I thought all of the storylines were really interesting. I was hit with the feels, at the very end of the episode, in a way that I was not expecting, like, eyes got misty and everything. Like, it was like I was watching, a, a, like, fucking um, Endgame or Infinity War again. Like, it, I was all up in my feels at the end. Uh, everything else before it was really well done. Um, the small, like, character moments this season are really good and maybe it's indicative of just the new showrunner and how much he cares about the characters but man just like the small moments are just beautiful this season and there were a lot of those in this episode and uh, there was one thing that I didn't like but that ending scene kind of made up for it Uh, I hate when characters learn off screen about major stuff and I feel like we were robbed of the moment where Joe and maybe even Cecile uh, learned about Barry's fate, but that final scene really did make up for it because it was just so beautifully acted. Yeah, it, it almost felt like a cut scene or something because early in the episode, I was honestly wondering whether Joe actually knew. Um, the opening scene with him and Barry, it, it, I almost read that as, oh my god, Joe doesn't know. Uh, but of course, later on, uh, we find out he did. Uh, and Dimitri, what was your initial reaction to this episode? Guess I'm going to be the party pooper this round. I thought the the pacing was kind of off. I thought, um, I agree with uh, all of you that I I think we had a lot of good moments in this show, but uh, in this episode rather, but when they were happening felt a little uh, disingenuous to me, uh, a little sort of out of place, like uh, maybe it, it just hadn't been, written in in proper structure or or edited properly. Um, I'll get more into that. Um, I I think we're we're probably going to discuss the last moment in uh, in great detail. Uh, I I can confirm that I absolutely did not cry. I I did not. But but yeah, I did did feel like the positioning of that moment, like when it started, it was beautiful, but the positioning was a little weird. I was like the professor. I actually got into it with a bunch of people on Twitter because... I have lots of things to do with my day. Like, people were like, does Joe know? Does Joe not know? Because it, it felt so weird that Joe was acting the way he was. Um, and and the same with the rest of the team. So, I don't know. It, it felt, a lot of things felt out of place for me. Okay, before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Have you ever wanted to download episodes of your favorite Poppy Chulo radio programs? Well, now you can. The Poppy Chulo radio archive is officially open. 
Registered members of PoppyChuloRadio.com can download previously aired broadcasts by clicking on Archives on the menu bar. Our archive section is filled to the brim with our exclusive signature series. So visit PoppyChuloRadio.com slash archives to download episodes of your favorite shows. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. Uh, we start out with Ramsey breaking into the hospital where he works, uh, and uh, uh, Joe's called in to investigate. He uh, calls in Barry, uh, who tells Joe it doesn't look like a meta was involved. Then we see Ramsey experimenting on the stolen blood, remembering his mother, uh, but the experiments don't seem to go as planned. Uh, Millie, you're a big uh, Ramsey fan. Uh, what did you think about Ramsey at the beginning of the episode and, you know, even throughout the episode as well? Are you enjoying him? Are you liking We've talked in the past about their development of him as possible Big Bad. Uh, how did you feel about how he was used in this episode? I love how he was used. I think it shows, uh, you can just see him, like, become that villain and he's absolutely uh starting to go a little crazy and really the darkness is consuming him and i like how they did that um cause in the beginning you, you see that he's trying uh you know you try to relate to them um but i feel like he has a very like frankenstein-esque kind of um in his eyes like he's just about to you know go batshit crazy never really know on that and then um in the end Kind of the way they affected him was, or the way they did the CGI on him was like a, a little interesting, kind of like a weird flying Spider-Man, I thought. Um, but overall, I love how uh, they're developing the character, and I love the parallel of his, the way that he takes death, and the way that Barry's taking death. So I think it's a great villain to have in the lead-up to Crisis. And speaking of how Barry's taking death, you know, we talked in the past about how Barry seems to have a strangely zen approach to his coming death. Uh, and, uh, and that comes out when he's talking with Frost and Cisco about dealing, uh, with that death and life after Flash, because Barry wants to put things in place so that even after he's gone, you know, he knows that Team Flash will be out there helping people, that Star Labs will be taken care of. Um, but Barry's sense of resignation to his fate is really unsettling to Cisco. He argues they should be fighting to find a way to save Barry, not planning for what happens after his death. But curiously, you know, Frost seems to side with Barry in this debate. Uh, so, Jeff, what did you think about that mini debate? Well, it made sense 
for the characters. Uh, I mean, we've sort of gotten into Barry's headspace the past couple episodes, so we understand where he is, and it, it does make sense. You know, he wants there to be a future post the Flash. So he's trying to set things up so that everything is still working uh, properly once he dies. So that makes sense. Cisco's reaction to it uh, made perfect sense for Cisco because Cisco doesn't want to lose his friend. What I'm sad that they didn't do is I wish that they would have called them each other brothers. Like I, I feel like they they are so close that they should see each other as brothers and and um. So that was probably the one thing, you know, when they were getting all emotional, I was like, he should have been like, you're, you're like my brother, or, or we are brothers, or something like that. I, I think that would have taken it a little bit more tw- to the top, uh, hitting all the emotional, um, you know, points and that kind of stuff. But they didn't. And that, be a I, weird line coming from Cisco, though, given he and Barry had that feud about not saving his... I was thinking brother. that as well. That would be, oh, you remind me of my brother, because he's dead, too. I hate you. Well, no... <laughs> Maybe not that. But it's like over on Arrow to compare. Like Diggle and Oliver, they call each other brothers. And I know, but that that's part of the reason why I wouldn't I, I think we found it would sound odd coming from Barry or from Cisco because it is such an arrow thing. And I'm not saying that no one can call someone a brother elsewhere. It's just because it is so established that those characters use that term specifically mm-hmm. relating to each other a lot, like a lot, a lot. It just it, it would have felt a little odd. For uh, plus, for Barry and Cisco, plus Arrow like constantly has to reconfirm that there are people in this world who can stand Oliver Queen. The Flash doesn't have that problem. This I'm just where, pausing for Brittany. I know to Brittany that and, was, and launch herself in, gonna, but that's not going to happen. That, we'll that was your moment to throw shit at <laughs> Dimitri. But anyway, um, well, I still see them as brothers. So, uh, well, whether whether they chose the, that term or not, uh, I feel like they could have gotten away with it at that moment especially because barry is near death and that sort of thing frost was interesting okay i like caitlin i like killer frost and i'm enjoying what they're doing with killer frost and trying to um you know bring her into the fold and make her her own person versus a persona and i don't mind it what's sort of bugging me is the fact that this is, you know, this could be Barry's farewell. He's not going to die. But this could be. And I feel like Caitlyn should be there. Like, it's, it's a, it can be a little jarring at times for Killer Frost to be there. Because Caitlyn really is the one that knows everybody. And I feel like Caitlyn should be there for, for Barry's final moments. Um, so that's something that, that is bothering me about the killer frost storyline although i i agree with what killer frost said like i i took her side um as a you know when they were sort of discussing barry and that kind of thing i also did like because she was a bartender that she was like tending bar and that kind of thing i was like oh, okay look at her going back to her roots i thought that was a great moment for her um i do have opinions about killer frost and what they might be doing with her but that has to be said a little bit later on uh, well, I, I just want to point out that, you know, Daniel Panabaker is um, – uh, she plays Caitlin, of course, and she's directing an episode. So that's probably why we haven't seen uh, Caitlin much this season. She's off directing, so that would explain it. No, I'm saying Two, Caitlin three, the character. Four. No, I was I was joking. The, the oh, joke okay. being that I don't no. understand the same actresses playing two different characters because she wears a white wig. Thank you for explaining the joke to everyone, Jeff. 
Well, no, now I'm very confused. No, because I'm saying because Killer Frost is. Wait, I, then maybe I just totally lost the joke. No, but I'm... yes, yes, you did. Let's move on. Okay. Barry decides that yes. the best way to help Cisco is by getting him to help someone else. Curiously enough, Ramsey. Now, to be fair, they don't actually yet know that he's an evil meta. They just think he's a guy with cancer. Um, so Barry comes up with the idea of asking Cisco, "Hey, Cisco, why don't you just cure cancer?" Um, Cisco doesn't react well to the idea, partially because it's impossible, partially because he thinks they should be focusing on the main issue, which is saving Barry. Uh, so, uh, Demetrius, let's uh, ask you, what did you think about uh, Cisco's reaction and also Barry's presumption that Cisco can just whip up a cancer cure to get his mind off of other things? I feel like you're reading my Twitter. So I tweeted out in response to this while it happened. So curing cancer was in your reach this whole time. But now that your friend feels bad, you're like, maybe we should get around to that. Before then, you were like, I had everybody with cancer can die. Like, yeah, it's the most <laughs> absurd thing. Well, I guess uh, I could if, if you really want me to. Uh, but I was yeah, just let yeah. all these people die. You know, you, you seem like you're feeling some type of way. Uh, this might be a good distraction. I just, it seemed it, like the... The it was kind of like Cisco's like I want a normal life I'm gonna give up my powers like Barry's like Cisco's having trouble dealing with my death maybe if we save some other rando who he doesn't know um we will will fix this and like I I can vaguely get where he's coming from but I mean it's not like they're unused to saving people it's not like they can be like oh that was my legacy I saved one dude's life like that's all they do. Um, I don't think it would have necessarily made it any easier for Cisco. I I felt Cisco's actions were something I'd expect at least a little bit from everybody in the team, at least a little bit from his wife. I was also kind of like, Iris was your best friend. That's why Joe took you in before, you know, you were the Flash or any of that. So the fact that he kept, like, referring to Cisco as his best friend the whole episode, I was, like, rude. But um, I... I don't know, it just... You can't have more I than one best friend? What's up? You can't have more than one best friend? Not, that, that's what best means. Like, yeah, by definition, one best. best. Everyone else is just a good friend. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, like, like Flash is the best Arrowverse show. Um, wow, nothing. Legends of Tomorrow? Um, Black Lightning? I was leaving out Black Lightning because we're not sure if it's in the Arrowverse yet. It's going to be in Crisis, crossover, I'm just so. saying. True, but Crisis means all the universes combined, right? Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, we're getting sidetracked. But, like, uh, I don't know. It just, it felt, it, it felt like another one of those that we've criticized last season. You're doing this more for plot than actually makes sense. For a character, they already have reason to believe Ramsey is shifty. If you're going to cure cancer, there are any number of people you could cure. Like, why not all team up and help Ralph find that lady who he didn't care about and then did care about again? But uh, it, it just, I get that, you know, they needed to do this to further Bloodwork storyline. And I think once we got to Bloodwork storyline, it was great. But the path getting there, it was a little nonsensical. Yeah, I think Barry's heart may have been in the right place. It might not have been 
that's uh, a bad idea. The idea that, that helping someone else is is a good way to get over your own problems. And as as Joe said, you can't save everyone, so save one person. Um, and and I think that's that's uh, you know not a bad approach. But to basically say to your friend, hey, why don't you just cure cancer to get your mind off it? That that did strike me as as putting a, a bit of a a burden on Cisco that might have been unfair given that he's going through other stuff. Um, but anyway, the idea of curing cancer and Cisco saying. Oh, yeah. No, that's impossible. Uh, it does give the opening for Harrison Nash Wells to enter with the promise of a cure through scientific magic. Uh, he also reveals he's been watching them because he planted a surveillance device on Cisco, leading to some fun physical comedy as Cisco checks himself for a bug, then forgets he's been bugged when he tries to do a sidebar to Barry, only to be reminded by Nash, you know, I can still listen to you, right? Uh, so, Brittany, how did you like Nash's uh, return, Cisco's reaction, and what do you think of this new version of Wells as action hero? Okay, first of all, I really love that they always pair um, Cisco with the with the, all the Harrys because it's just so comical. And I just, that scene where he comes in and Cisco's trying to look for the bug around him, I was just dying of laughter. And I'm like, we needed some of this humor for this episode because, one, it was either packed with action or it was ramping up to the way, or to that ending with uh, blood work and, you know, the reveal of him being, like, embracing uh being a villain um so we needed all that laughter and to be fair i know i've always said you know harry is my favorite wells and the best wells um although you could tie that up with uh harry harry wells from or excuse me yeah no harrison wells from the first uh season because he was just a big bad but he was awesome uh but i love him i like what they're doing with him he's just in and out of the episode he was a little bit more with everybody or with at least barry and cisco and you know him abandoning them when they got caught by the security guards and then he came in like indiana jones like i thought that was all hilarious but i am interested in what they're trying to do with him um we know that the actor should be coming out in crisis with a lot of theories floating around of who Nash is and what, what he's doing. And, of course, you know, I don't know if we're going there yet, but that ending, big question marks. I don't know what's going on, but I did enjoy him very much in this episode. And, of course, pairing him with Cisco is always the best thing. But I wonder what that means, that ending. Like, is is he going to keep popping in? What it, Why is he there? What is going on? So I have a lot of questions, but so far I'm enjoying him. Yeah, I have I have a couple of theories that I want to address uh, towards the end of the episode as well. But uh, I want to just follow up on something you were saying, which is, is a point I want to talk about next, which is the importance of uh, of the Wells Cisco dynamic. Because every season it's a different Wells, uh, you know, it's a different dynamic. Uh, you know, there's there's often you know a feeling out process at the beginning that Cisco basically made a joke about. You know, when he first met Nash Wells, uh, but um, uh, you know the. Um, uh, Nash basically comes in and offers to give them access to a magic potion, essentially, uh, a drug which will cure anything. Uh, Barry plans to give it to Ramsey, but Cisco, uh, you know, lies to, to Barry and hides it. He plans to use it to save his friend during the crisis. Um, I don't want to talk about, you know, the, the logic of using something like that to cure you, in scare quotes, from antimatter. Uh, but, uh, but Millie, I want to uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, the Cisco-Wells dynamics. Uh, uh, in addition to that opening scene, uh, which was done more for comedy, we did get you know, a, a, a quieter scene uh, between uh, Nash Wells and Cisco in the van uh, when they're talking. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the episode, we got uh, you know, Nash basically uh, berating uh, Cisco's workmanship for what seemed like five minutes and then just going, ah, joking at the end. So what do you think about the current Cisco-Nash vibe? Oh. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> okay. 
You see, I, I literally tried to find a different way to write that, and I couldn't come up with one, so I just left it as it was. Um, I don't believe for a second you tried to come up with a different I way to I honestly say did. I did. I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy this iteration of, like, Wells and Cisco uh, dynamic, because it, it's, it's not immediately like, off the bat, so you kind of have to, like, pull it at it, but, I mean, Tom Cavanaugh and Carlos Valdez has like great chemistry with each other. So I think that like kind of comes through on that. And I do love the, the jabbing back and forth where uh, Nash Wells is basically criticizing Cisco's work, but like, you know, at Cisco, all his work is great on that. Um, so I, I like it. I think I'm interested to see how that's going to continue to evolve and if they will um, become bros at the end of the storyline with Nash Wells. Can I just say, I love the callback to the Dominator uh, crossover, even though yeah, Invasion... Nice touch there. Yeah, even though Invasion isn't necessarily the best of all of the crossovers, it was just nice that they did a little callback to it. Um, well, let's continue with you, Jeff. What did you think about that subplot we had, where uh, uh, Cisco, uh, you know, uh, diverts uh, Barry and Nash, uh, steals the cure, uh, and then hides it you know, rather foolishly, in a freezer marked minus 15 degrees where Barry's going to stumble across it. So what do you think about Derry, Bear, uh, Cisco's decision to steal the cure for Barry, uh, and then the way that Barry found out, and how that, uh, well, let's not talk about the, the consequence of that, but how do you just think from a, a plotting point of view uh, and a character point of view, uh, the idea that Cisco would do that, and then, uh, you know, lie to Barry, lie to Nash, uh, and then the way he got caught? As much as I enjoyed the episode, this was probably the storyline that was a little messy for me. It's, uh, like, I get everything that Cisco's doing. Like, I understand why he did it. You know, he wants to save his friend and that whole thing. Like, I get it. It was, it was a little too obvious, like, you know, him saying, oh, it's Killer Frost stuff. I was like, really? Like, you were not looking at the man. It was clear that, like, that you had done something shifty and shady by how you were acting. So it was, it was just, it was a little bit of a mess. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a little bit of a mess. I do think that, uh, like, how he did it, like, that he set something up to, like, distract them. I thought that was, you know, it was brilliant on, on Cisco's part. But um, I, I just didn't know how he was going to, like, really get away with it. Because if if that's where the vial was, the vial isn't there, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, they, they referenced, like, the temperature. And I'm like, you couldn't hide it. Like, you had to leave it sort of almost in plain sight. Like, I knew it wasn't going to end well, and there was going to be some sort of uh, clash between both of them. Is somebody talking? No, but I was going to wait to see how long the silence was going to last, and then you ruined it. Uh, I was pausing to see if anyone else wanted to jump in, but I guess not. Um, so the uh, the scene uh, with uh, with uh, Cisco being caught out leads to a, a pretty emotional confrontation between uh, Barry and Cisco, in which they they stop short of calling each other brother. But uh, some of us still found it quite moving. Uh, but Barry reveals, you know, that one of the reasons he's doing this is it's almost manipulative. But he's he's trying to prepare Cisco, not so much for him dying, but for Cisco to take over Star Labs when he's gone. Uh, Dimitri, what do you think about that uh, reveal? That you know, we're, we're sort of finding out that you know Barry is making these plans. Uh, and uh, and Cisco's reaction to it. The disrespect. First, Cisco is your best friend, which erases Iris, who was your best friend, who's the whole reason you got adopted, which is why we had that beautiful moment at the end. But whatever. 
Then you ignore the fact that Iris took over the team the last time you pieced out. And now you're like, Cisco, you're my pick to lead the team as if Iris isn't even there. Like the disrespect. I was very much in my feelings about this. Clearly. Uh, Barry does give the cure to Ramsey, uh, who tests it and finds it doesn't work. Uh, Millie, what did you think uh, about uh, – obviously, we knew it wasn't going to work because, you know, Ramsey has to become a big bad. Uh, but uh, what were you thinking about that? Were you thinking that, you know, Ramsey was just too far gone? Uh, it was, you know, a, a cure that will cure anything except this. Was Nash lying? Uh, did Cisco, you know, fail to keep it at minus 15 for the entire time? Uh, what did you think the, the, the point of that was, or was it just, you know – for plot purposes, did you think to sort of you know push Ramsey to to go further in his uh, his evilness? I definitely think it was for plot purposes. And then when they talked about the serum, I was like trying to figure out exactly how. And I think I tried to put too much reality into how this serum can actually help solve <laughs> solve the equation. Um, but I think especially the way that that Ramsey reacted to, I think it was definitely just uh, the nail the coffin proof that he needed to officially get the okay to go to the dark side on that um and i think it also kind of is a plot voice device in the sense that it allows you know nash wells and cisco and barry to kind of do a little mission together as well see what's interesting uh, professor because you were saying like that um you you knew 100 percent that that vial was not going to cure him there were a couple of moments throughout this episode where i was wondering if they were going to treat Ramsey as a different kind of big bad because we aren't going to have him for a long time the the at least from what um we the information that we've been given from the showrunner he's only going to be there pretty much up until crisis and then after crisis there's going to be like an entire different big bad uh, he's even calling like the sections uh, graphic novel 1 and graphic novel 2 so i was like are they going to do something different with him? And initially, like, I was faked out twice. Uh, like, I was like, are is he going to get cured from this? And then all of a sudden, like, maybe that was all his big badage. You know, he was, you know, he killed a goon, and he stole some blood and that kind of stuff. And then clearly it didn't work. And then later on, there was a moment where I was like, are they going to end him now? And then, you know, they got rid of, was that like all the bad stuff that he was going to do? like the the altercation later on but then they you know he continued on and i was like oh okay so i guess they are gonna take him to a big bad level before they completely take him out of commission yeah i guess i was just thinking that you know they, they'd spent you know three episodes you know establishing him uh very on a very slow burn to big bad status so uh, for me, I, I thought it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to be cured by that. Now, I, personally, I don't think Nash was lying about the cure. I think probably it's just that, you know, uh, this wasn't having to cure his cancer because he's already got, you know, his this this meta ability that he now has uh, was probably interfering with that. Uh, but that's well, that and they also reference the fact that uh, it might be too late for him, that there's Good like point, a certain yes. window of time that he could have taken it and he would have been cured. Uh, but Ramsey uh, doesn't give up. He realizes he doesn't just need blood. He needs blood from terrified people. So he comes up with a totally evil plan. He kidnaps a bunch of people and turns on CNN and has them watch the American political scene. That's right. We're getting political here on the Central No, City you City mean City. Fox News. I was going to say Fox News, but uh, uh, 
Yeah, we don't get that up here. Dimitri's uh, favorite anyway, channel. No, he does something far, far easier than that. He attacks a hospital and starts killing people who then rise as zombies under his control. Uh, again, it was the Halloween episode, so, you know, a nice way to work the zombies in. And again, if we were talking about, you know, the slow burn, the slow reveal towards, uh, you know, uh, blood work, maybe it was because they were thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we brought the zombies in uh, for Halloween? Uh, Brittany, you love a good zombie. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the flashing dead, uh, the zombies and uh, the fight in the hospital? Oh, man, that was, like, probably some of my favorite scenes in this episode, you know, aside from the emotional ones, because, you know, I'm a thought for, like just emotional scenes because I am that type of person. But wait, I also love some action. Wait, and wait, I love- wait, 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 wait. Is this like the quote of the year, you are a thought for emotional I use- <laughs> scenes? I use the word thought a lot. I haven't used it on the podcast. I've been trying to refrain from it, but I really am. I'm. You'll probably hear me say it a lot more often in a positive way, of course. I That's how it. I use the term. That hoe yeah. over there. <laughs> so, um... Even more so, I love it when a show can put some horror aspects on it. I don't think all the shows can nail it, but some can. Um, The Flash did it really well. I thought it was awesome for the Halloween episode. They were creepy. They were just, it was just a really good time. I just love um, how everybody was freaking out, like, what is going on here? And I do want to say with blood work, because I feel like the actor has been doing really great, a really great job this season, and I'm glad they, they ramped it up in this episode. Something that I like about this season for the villain versus, you know, Barry is... I feel like all the villains have always had a theme against Barry. You know, season one was Wells, and he hated Barry, so it was a personal thing, and... and and two, it was also personal, but also like, hey, I'm psycho and I want to be the fastest man alive. Again, we have that in season three and then, you know, just on and on and on. What I find interesting about blood work here is that his villainy is coming from a place of fear, you know, for the victims and from him, himself. This is why he's a villain now. He's afraid to die. And that's what, you know, encompasses him as a villain. And I think that that is brilliant because Barry stands for hope, you know, like it doesn't, even though he's on the verge of dying, both characters are on the verge of dying, but they're handling it different, uh, differently. And I just love that. I think that's probably one of my favorite themes that's going on in this season. So I got to give it up for like, for, for that for now, because it's just really awesome. Uh, anyone else have a thought on how the Flash used zombies? Did you have to say thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> That expresses my love for something or my obsession. So All right. there you go. I, I like it. Uh, I loved <laughs> the zombies. It was fantastic. It was like The Walking Dead, and then it turned into Stranger Things Season 3, for those that have seen Stranger Things Season 3. Um, it was spectacular. The gore was really good. Um, I don't know what I want to call him. He's kind of venom-ish uh, with like, the thing that his... I don't know what you call what he does when he venoms out i don't know it's a great visual effect though i saw some people online like picking on it uh but i I thought the visuals are really good um i liked like how the zombies looked i thought that was really interesting can i talk about killer frost for a moment sure she was there she was fighting she was there and she was fighting the thing that i wanted to bring up was the fact that when the woman was on the ground and she was like, let me check her out and this out of the other, that was a very Caitlyn thing. 
And I don't know. Clearly, Killer Frost has been um, in the back seat, and now she's in the front seat. She's driving the car and that sort of thing. But it did make me wonder, like, does she know the medical training and that kind of stuff that Caitlin um, is involved in? Or, uh, like, all the studies and all the, the science-y stuff. Like, is she that well-versed in it? Or is this, like, a little bit of a hint of uh, maybe at some point, like, the personas merging? Good point, because, you know, even just in, the, what, the previous episode, uh, we were seeing, you know, the uh, very pun intended cold killer Frost, who would have just, oh, it's a dead body on the floor, let's keep going. So it is interesting, I wonder if, that, I don't know if they're doing enough to, to telegraph that, if that's what they're, uh, they're getting at. I thought I heard an intake of breath from someone uh, before I spoke, was there anyone else who wanted to jump in here? Because if not, we're going I'll... to, I warn you, get your tissues out, we're going to move on to all the fields. I was just going to say it felt like like it was a Halloween episode and sometimes these episodes are a little too like kitschy like you were trying a little too hard to make like I think it was a Thanksgiving episode last year and it like it doesn't feel like it fits into the series really well this like fits in really well it ups the ante it's not like a one and done like oh here we have zombies and now next episode they're gone it's like these are going to be an aspect of the big bad, at least for this section of the season, and sort of ramped up our sort of apprehension for the big bad. So I I felt like this was a, an improvement in that, like they were trying to incorporate a holiday and it didn't feel like a really disjointed episode. Yeah, I think it was a very seamless working in of the idea of, of it being Halloween, which is, as I said earlier, I'm wondering whether they delayed uh, you know, uh, Ramsey's, uh, you know, complete turn to, uh, to the darkness, uh, until now, uh, not so much because it was, we were, th- you know, thinking, oh, it's such a, a slow reveal. It was because they wanted to have the zombies. Now, technically they did have Romero before, uh, but, you know, having a bunch of zombies is somehow, uh, far creepier, uh, but it, it was organic, right? It was part of the development of the character. So it all made sense. It didn't feel shoehorned in like, uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, sometimes the, uh, the attempts to do holiday episodes often are. True. Can I just say his escape was kind of cool, too? Yeah, surprising. Again, it's a little, you know, nebulous in that, you know, whenever they're introducing someone with powers, it's like they always have just the right power or ability for that uh, situation. Uh, So that bugs me a little bit. But um, anyway, in the aftermath of the fight, uh, Barry decides to stop Ramsey if it's the last thing he does. And it may be. Uh, Barry and Cisco reconcile, and and here's and this is the thought where you know, as I said, the first time I was watching, I thought, well, Joe doesn't know. Well, now is when Barry's going to tell him. But I, I'd realized just a little bit earlier uh, when Joe was talking to Ralph that no, Joe must know because otherwise he's just found out from something Ralph dropped in the conversation. Um, so uh, Millie, let's start with you. But I do want to let this one go around the uh, uh, around the horn because I'm sure uh, everyone except Dimitri will want to weigh in. Uh, what did you think about that scene between Barry and Joe? They gave it a lot of airtime, you know, uh, for the episode. And I'm wondering if maybe that's the reason we didn't get the reveal scene uh, where Barry tells Joe. Because, you know, I think if they'd had that emotional scene earlier in the episode, it might have undercut the impact of this one. Uh, but again, that's headcanon. And, and maybe there is a, a scene they shot somewhere and they decided not to use it for that reason. But Millie, what did you think about the scene between Barry and Joe? I really enjoyed the scene. I think, and kind of in my head, can it's I inside we don't get the reveal, but I feel like it's very in Joe's nature where he gets the information, he kind of just like processes it in the way that both him and Iris kind of help 
Ralph deal with his grief as a way for them to kind of like compartmentalize. Um, but then kind of the culmination of um, everything that happened in the episode, it like weighs down on Joe. And that's, and that's where you're like, it allows for this moment to come out. Um, and I kind of love the way that he is, you're reminded that he basically helped raise Barry. And I feel like sometimes you forget that. Um, so it's a nice reminder for them to have this like really heartfelt moment on that. I mean, you know, Jesse Martin did a fabulous job. Although, as much as I was in the feels, um, I felt like there was some things that disconnected me, and mainly on like the side of Barry. Um, just kind of, I felt like it wasn't what he was saying was a little. I don't know. I didn't connect as well um, as uh, I did when like Joe was speaking. Well, it sounds like Millie had some of the feels. Jeff, did you have all the feels? Oh, I had all the feels. I had uh, Millie's feels as well. The, I guess the maybe one or two feels that Dimitri had, I had those too. Uh, Brittany, I know, had all the feels as well. Like I was, I was feeled up. Like, uh, yeah, I got misty-eyed. I did. I don't. I, I love these characters, and Jesse L. Martin is just always so spectacular as Joe. And uh, I feel like Brittany's gonna say something similar about like, don't hurt Joe. And, like, I know this is hurting Joe so much, and it broke my heart. It really did. I thought both of them, so I will disagree with, with Millie, I thought both of them did a really great job. And um, I was here for all of it. It was an extended emotional scene, and uh, I do agree with you, Professor. Even though I would have wanted to have seen a scene in which Joe and, like, Cecile both found out the truth, uh, I, like... They couldn't have done that scene and this scene in the same episode, just because it like it would have undercut the emotional resonance of this second scene. And I feel like this second scene was just so beautifully done that um, I, I wouldn't have wanted anything to like undercut it. Um, throughout the episode, I was also wondering, does Joe know? But then, like, there were many hints, and he was like with little bits of dialogue. I was like, okay, he does know. And, uh, so once they had this scene, like I knew the scene was coming and, um, it w it started off beautifully with Cecile. Like when Cecile, like, yes, that was such a nice touch. Yes. Like Danielle Nicolette, she did a fantastic, uh, just like how her face completely changed. I was like, oh shit, it's coming. And uh, I wasn't ready for it clearly because it hit me in the feels. Like it was just so well done. I, I really enjoyed the scene. Uh, I mean, it's, as much as you can enjoy a really emotional moment, but it was just so beautifully done by both of the actors. Uh, Brittany, Jeff claims he took all the feels. Were there any left for you? Yeah, instead of a crisis is coming, the feels were coming. I knew something was going on because I, too, was wondering, does Joe even know? Are they really going to do this? Because the Flash has a habit of, like, not telling people stuff. But then, I don't know, it Was I think after Iris found out, then we started getting the jokes about people going into Star Labs without, you know, like... Just They just kept going in there, and it's a joke now, and then the secrets or whatever. So I was like, oh, God, what is happening? But um, what I will say is I think the writers are saving these emotional moments for the people that are closer. Like, I know Cisco is Barry's BFF. I'm not going to say brothers, because honestly, I don't think they have a brotherly bond. I think they have a bro-TP BFF bond. Um, and that's fine. But... Um, um, the way uh, 
what they're doing with Joe, and I think I will also say Iris, is they're waiting for them to have their moment. So Joe's moment was in this episode. And I think Joe has been putting up a front just because he's, he's the dad, you know, he's trying to process in his own way. Other people will react the way they want to, like, immediately, or other people are going to be in shock and it's going to take a while. You know, everyone is different. And I don't mind seeing that in all these characters because if they all were hysterical at the same time, that could be realistic, but I like that we're taking all this time in every episode for Barry to be with the people and see how they're dealing with it. Um, Frost was angry. She was bitter, you know, but now she's kind of like chilled with it. Now it's Cisco's turn and then now it's kind of Joe, but I think Joe's probably never really going to be okay with it. And I think Iris's, you know, big emotional moment with Barry, whenever that's coming, is going to be just, it's going to kill us all. But this was just, oh, it was so good. Uh, Jesse Almartin is amazing. The the feels he just broke down and he was oh god it was so so good. I didn't want to cry in this episode, but I did get teary eyed and I'm really sick and tired of the whoever works at the CW was like we're gonna have Arrow, we're gonna have Flash, and then Arrow right after. I don't like them. I hate you because I'm tired of feeling all these feels every like for two hours straight. But it was so good, well needed, and I'm really wondering how all these characters are going to come to terms with this because it's different when someone dies, you didn't know that they were going to die and you have to find a way to deal with it after they're gone. Now everyone knows he's going to die. How do you deal with that? How do you, you know, wrestle with that? Do you sulk? Do you try to make the best moments out of it? Are are you ever going to be ready? I don't think you ever will be. So it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but God, that was a really great moment. But please stop making me cry. And leave Jesse alone. When, <laughs> leave Joe alone. Yeah. When Joe cries, we all cry, except for Dimitri, yeah. who doesn't care about Joe. <laughs> I so cried. I... I everybody cried. <laughs> I just thought it should happen sooner. Uh, okay, uh, Dimitri, I was actually going to give you the option of uh, of not answering this and crapping all over your your sentimental fool uh, panelists, uh, but instead, uh, tell us about your feels. I want a therapist all of a sudden. I know. <laughs> That, that's, so, that's Brittany, really tell me where the Flash podcast is. <laughs> oh, God. In my heart. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. It just, I completely disagree with Brittany. I, I don't like that everyone sort of, over the course of several weeks, just having their own moment, like... Joe reacted immediately when he was told Iris was going to die. Barry, you know, flips out, and he's the quote-unquote team leader. Um, This whole, like, oh, everyone's just like, oh, you're going to die? Oh, well, bummer. Like, it's so not the Flash. And I think the draw of this show, as opposed to, like, Arrow or something, is very much, and something it shares with Black Lightning is, very much the the family aspect of the of the show with like Joe with Iris even sort of like with Cisco and Caitlin sort of becoming his his extended family as well. I just um I don't like that we waited this long and for, for the rest of the episode Joe is kind of like like uh, when Ralph is like oh well Barry's gonna die yeah you can say it you know I mean. Here today, gone tomorrow. Like, it just felt so not Joe. I'm glad we got this moment finally, but I do think they made us wait too long. I do think it's very unrealistic that 
Iris is as fine with it as she is. Uh, I think it's very weird that Cisco is the only one who's like, no, fuck that. We are going to save you. I don't care if other people die. Like, it's it's so anti the team dynamic that we're so used to. Like, these are people who really ride for each other. And the fact that they're all just like, oh, well, Barry's going to die. I get that, you know, maybe editing or whatever we, we did sort of see them get told mostly off camera. But it just, it feels very not Team Flesh. Well, you actually, you raised the point I want to uh, to get to next, and uh, I'll direct the question at you, uh, because it's Iris-related, and, you know, if anyone likes talking about Iris more than I do, it's you. Well, actually, so, Professor, um, before you do that, I am curious, because you haven't shared your thoughts. Are you on Team Feels or Team Cold-Hearted Dimitri? Uh, I think I was uh, a Team Feels. Perhaps okay, not good. as, uh, as I'm all on Team Feels. Um, yeah, I know it, it, it has become, well, you know, uh, anyway, so, uh, anyway, getting back to, uh, to Iris, um, uh, something that, uh, you mentioned, Dimitri, is that, you know, uh, she seems fine with it. I would say she seems suspiciously fine with it because everything she's saying, uh, you know, all of her actions with the others are, I'm fine with it. I'm dealing with it. We're moving on. But there are, I think there are a lot of little Candace Patton reaction shots that show she's not okay with this. It's really eating her up. And, uh, I just wonder, do you think we're building up to a big Candace Patton meltdown uh, as a result of this, when Iris reveals, I'm not okay with this? Uh, and, uh, and, and, and do you think we're building towards that? I absolutely do. But I, again, I think it's off. I think it's going to happen in, in like an episode or two where she's going to be like, I'm not okay with this. We'll have this another sweet emotional scene. But it's like... That's not how people work. Like, if you're told your spouse formerly best friend since age like 10 formerly best friend is gonna die like you're not like well gotta soldier on like you at least show something i think danny nicolette played it perfectly where um she doesn't really get a lot of time to react to it but you see that sort of darkness pass over her face um candace patton is a very talented actress i could do with a little more of that um, I feel like they're giving her so little to work with, it's not entirely her fault. But it's just this really absurd, like, she had to get reminded by Ralph to spend time with her husband before he dies. Like, it's it's so not Iris. And even if we get a beautiful emotional moment later, which, I, I mean, some aspects of the show are predictable, I, I do think that's coming it still won't really undo the un-Iris way it feels. And once again, Dimitri has provided me with the uh, the segue I was so desperately hoping for because I wanted to talk about the uh, the Iris and Ralph uh, dynamic. Um, I won't direct this towards Brittany because she's always been a Ralph hater. Uh, so Millie, uh, I want to talk about, you know, Iris, you know, as I said, I, I think she's, you know, going through the motion. She's putting on a happy face. She's trying to be strong for, for Barry and for the rest of the team. Uh, so she tries to help Ralph out with his investigation uh, into the missing woman, uh, only to find Ralph is really not feeling like investigating anything. And in fact, a little later in the episode, Ralph is frankly a dick to her, as uh, Dimitri said, making the line, maybe she's paying be spending more time with your husband because he's going to be dead. Um, we don't often get Rob and Iris together. It's, it's kind of an unusual pairing. So uh, how did you like their dynamic uh, in the episode? I thought Ralph was totally a dick this episode. I didn't like it because he's usually the fun, quippy 
character that makes it lighthearted and the fact that he was, um, you know, being mean to Iris and she's just trying to help him. I was like, wow, it seems a little out of it. He just seems to be in a, the grumpy mood today, I guess. Um, but I do like the pairing. Again, I don't like the dynamic on that, and I thought it was a little harsh uh, with the, the way he treated Iris. But I, I do wonder if, um, at the same time, like, you do expect her to have this emotion, but she has also had a muted kind of reaction to, you know, uh, Nora and her death, right? She hasn't really been able to express that as well. So I just wonder if, um, especially with Ralph's kind of quip, if it's meant to just kind of add more uh, pressure to the pot so we get, like, a very big explosive scene and a couple episodes on that. Um, but I do like how they, they do that because uh, it kind of makes sense. Detective and, an, and a reporter working together uh, to uncover more about this mysterious Dearborn case. Uh, ultimately, Ralph hasn't been working the Dearborn case because with crisis coming, what's the point? He's essentially, you know, dealing with uh, with depression. And I think that's that's kind of a justifiable reaction to finding out everything that's going to happen and that your uh, your your friend, your colleague, uh, certainly not your brother, uh, is destined well, to die. Well, clearly, he hasn't been on for that long. But I was about to say that I completely disagree with what Millie said about the storyline. Like, I found what Ralph was going through to be believable uh like i understand he was a bit of a jerk but there was a reason behind it so i didn't mind it uh i thought what they did with ralph was basically what they did with killer frost in the previous episode what they did with cisco in this episode he didn't get an entire episode where he was sort of processing berries he didn't get his own like uh a storyline is what i'm trying to say where he's processing uh, Barry's decision or or the um, the notion that Barry's going to die he hasn't been around that long so I don't feel like he he's maybe earned that A storyline but he had like the C storyline where it was all his and it was about him processing or trying to process um, that Barry's going to be leaving and I thought they did a fine job with it I like that uh, he was um, self-aware that he was being a jerk to Iris and the fact that he apologized. I feel like uh, that was another uh, positive character moment for Ralph, especially since, you know, we, we continue to hope that he that he has great uh, character development. So I feel like, you know, that's part of his continued evolution. And uh, And then at the end of it all, sort of like realizing that, you know, Whatever comes our way, you know, we we still need to uh, fight the good fight. I thought that was a great moment for him. Um, okay, brace yourselves, uh, because I think I just had the sort of realization that explains why I get the big bucks in the podcasting world. I think what they're doing with the different characters and their reactions are the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. Killer Frost was anger. Barry is acceptance. Uh, I, I think Iris is in denial. Uh, uh, Cisco was bargaining. Um, I can't remember all the, these stages of grief, but Ooh. I think each of the characters is playing out one version of that. That's amazing, Professor. Hat tip to you. Why well, get the big bucks? That's an amazing that, realization, but I think that's a horrible way to write actual people. I, I, I agree. I think, but I think what they're trying to do is by putting it in the mouths of each character, showing, you know, as as uh, uh, as Jeff was saying, you know, it's not un it's not unrealistic that that uh, Ralph would have that reaction because some people do react with depression, some people do react with anger, and and I think what they're trying to do is use the various members of the team. Uh, to, would, to show the different ways of reacting to death. I would counter that Ralph is the person that makes the least 
uh, amount of sense to react like that. He's the person who has the smallest connection to Barry. For most of the time he knew Barry, they hated each other. So, like, um, I mean, Barry, Barry put him in prison, didn't he? Uh, yes, but uh, apparently they're over that now. Well, yeah, yeah and also, I mean, like, they had the bottom of Iris where... was lashing out at people, we could be like, yo, she about to lose her man, like, it's all good. But Ralph doing it, it's just like, bro, you just got here. Like, he didn't really lash out down. at someone. He he was suffering through depression. So it, it it's different. Um, Ralph did have that connection with Barry, well, Barry when he joined him. the like, team. Like, yeah. I'll give him that. Barry did change him. Barry helped change him. And also, Ralph had a near-death experience as well with the thinker. So... They're bonded in a different way. Their bond was a little bit more rushed, uh, clearly, because uh, he's had he has a greater history with the rest of the people. So, but I didn't find his reaction to be all that out of character for Ralph, especially since he has bonded with the entire team, and in particular Barry. Yeah, and no, I'm not saying it was like irrash out of character for him. I'm just saying of all the characters you could have picked to have like sort of a brash, like depression e kind of reaction to Barry's death, Ralph is, I think, the the least good choice. Like, you could have had, like, Cisco doing that. You could have had Iris doing that. You could have had Joe lashing, uh, lashing out in CCPD. Um, and instead you have, like, the character who knows him the least, except Killer Frost, who also is someone very strange to have, like, a super angry reaction to Barry's death. She spent a fair amount of time trying to kill him. Caitlin would be much more believable. But to be yeah, fair, but... we did we did just learn about the about uh, what's his name Ralph's like uh, childhood in the uh, in the past episode and the way that he felt abandoned or people around him have died because of the lives of his mom. So I'm not surprised that this is the way he's reacting to somebody that has truly changed him and has been there for him. Um, so to learn that they're dying, I'm not surprised that he's reacting like this. Brittany is saying positive also, stuff about Ralph. Also, yeah, I would argue that if you look at if you look at Ralph before he was changed, he was a guy who was kind of a depressive character, right? He was letting himself go. He didn't care and about anything. So I think your argument that yeah. if if they were if they were trying to do the Kubler Ross stage, um, then I think when they were looking for who to assign that to, I think he probably does make this. I don't think any of the other characters uh, would make sense for depression. And honestly, um, everyone pro- processes death differently, and nobody goes through the stages in like a, cer- a certain order. Everyone is different, so I feel like what you were saying about Iris being in denial is perfect. They're saving her for later, and she has to put up a front right now. I feel like that's how her and Joe, um, their characters are. They're gonna wait until you know. I think as it gets closer, that's when it's gonna be like the harder for for Iris. Like maybe she still thinks there hope that there is hope or something because Barry has always found a way to survive, and so she's gonna freak out later. I think, and that's that's I think pretty realistic. There's nothing wrong with having with being in denial and then it finally hitting you in the face, and it's probably gonna be even more tragic when it happens. Uh, tempted though I am to end on the uh, the Kubler Ross uh, bombshell because the first rule of podcasting is always try to end a podcast by talking about death and grieving. Uh, I do think we should talk about the uh, the final credit because uh, Nash shows up again. He uses the circuit Cisco built to go searching the sewers, where he conjures up uh, was it a vision? Was it a hologram of the monitor? 
Uh, at the time, I took it that he was, you know, using the technology to recreate something that had happened in the past. Um, ultimately, maybe he was tapping into another dimension, uh, but he certainly did see uh, the monitor walk along, uh, you know, uh, walk behind uh, a wall uh, that's in front of him, and then he pulls out a pick to start picking away and, and to tear down that wall. Um, some people want to build a wall. Some people want to tear down a wall. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does this mean Nash is tied into crisis? Uh, and what do you guys think happens next? I will open this to the floor as this uh, is, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a chance for rampant speculation. Jeff, let's start with you. Okay. First off, it was a good moment. Um, you know, it, it was... Like completely different than we where we ended the episode, which was incredibly emotional. This one, you know, after the emotions, I was like, "Oh, this is intriguing." Uh, certainly, someone monitor esque is walking in. Um, we didn't see really a face, so is it the monitor, the anti monitor? We don't know, but he's clearly the hall monitor. At uh, the hall monitor, maybe uh, the plot twist, but he's clearly looking for a monitor type person. Uh, he's like, oh, what are you up to? Like, what does that mean? We do know Tom Cavanaugh is also playing a character by the name of Pariah. Is Nash Pariah? No? That's that's my feeling. I think Nash is going to stumble into the monitor or the anti-monitor's uh, lair, uh, you know, on his fraternium, and he's going to be captured and turned into the Pariah character. Is Pariah Ooh. good or bad? Pariah is neither good nor bad. In the comics, Pariah basically shows up on a world that's about to be destroyed to bear witness to it, uh, which is kind of a shitty job, and it, it leads to him basically having you know massive PTSD. Um, so uh, you know, it, it's more that he he you know pops in to bear witness to the death of worlds uh, than anything else. He's not really a character with a lot of agency in the beginning. I think he does end up helping the heroes um, because you know uh, a horror of what he's witnessing. Uh, but again, I don't know if they're going to use that, but that would be my gut feeling, because otherwise you'd be introducing, you know, uh, Nash Wells, you know, for this many episodes and then a whole nother version of him during Crisis. I think it makes more sense uh, for him to be converted into uh, uh, into Priya, whether by the, the monitor or the anti-monitor. Okay. Um, but that's just my reading of it. That's interesting. Anyone else have any thoughts? Well, I, just before anyone else goes, because uh, I've been wondering what are they going to do with Wells post-crisis. And in my heart of hearts, like, I want Harry back. Like, Harry was my favorite Wells. I, I love Earth 2's Harry. I know that that Earth 2 has been kaboomed and that kind of thing, but uh, th- something that is part of canon is that Jesse Quick was on Earth 3 covering for the Flash there, and uh, so I-, I believe there was a line, if I'm not mistaken, and I've, I've referenced this before, of um, Wally at the start of last season saying that Harry was with Jesse. So uh, if if that is the case, I really want Harry to be like... If we're only going to have one Wells, because ideally, if this is crisis where all of the Earths disappear except for one, I want Harry to be the Wells. And and so, even though I am enjoying Nash, uh, if he ends up becoming Pariah, like, would I want Pariah to survive? Will Does Pariah survive? I don't know. But um, I, I do hope that Harry returns. Um, I don't know. That's just... A, a, a hope that I have but outside of that the final scene was really interesting and if we're going to get a scene with Nash and the monitor or the anti-monitor in the next episode I'm here for that I need more answers I feel like we all need answers anyone else have any thoughts comments on that final scene 
Okay, before we move on to the MVP section, was there anything else about the episode that we haven't mentioned uh, that you wanted to bring up? Okay, it's time for the MVP. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. And with so many people on the panel, uh, going last will really suck. So I'm going to go first. I'm kidding. Uh, Millie, who is your MVP and why? The MVP for me has to be uh, Dr. Ramsey. Uh, I think we're really filling out his character and giving him uh, more reason to uh, love slash hate him. Plus now he's like full-fledged villain status. Um, And I'm excited to kind of see where he's going uh, for his short arc up until Crisis. Uh, Dimitri, you gave me some great segues in this episode, so I will reward you with the second pick. Who is your MVP and why? Uh, Well, my... My prime pick was taken. I I gotta give it to to Joe in that case. I mean that that emotional scene uh, will die on this hill. I think the pacing is off. But I mean, you know, I think we all got misty eyed. It was it was so touching. It was so genuine. It was like a uh, it brought us back to that season one where Joe was sort of faced with the possibility that Barry might be okay but be erased from like as his son. And I, uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was just perfect. It was, it was so, so moving, um, that, I I mean, even though he wasn't on screen for a huge amount of screen time this episode, I mean, I think he's after Ramsey, it's, it's Joe hands down. Did Dimitri Uh, not say at the start of this episode that he not catch the feels for that final scene and that he did not get misty eyed. We have that on record. And now he's saying he got misty eyed. That was um, obviously a lie. Yeah. He's never yeah heard I, think, of, I think Jeff, you're establishing you don't get jokes very well in this. Podcast. Apparently <laughs> either that or y'all ain't funny. And for not getting jokes, <laughs> you're going last. Brittany, who is your MVP and why? <laughs> Okay, okay. I am going to go with Cisco. I know I didn't talk about him too much, but I really enjoyed uh, Carlos's performance in this episode, and I did love the way he reacted. I think Cisco is like the little like like the little brother. Not I just said that they weren't brothers, but he is. He's like the one that's more reckless and the one that's going to feel more when something he doesn't like or something tragic is going on everyone has like their ways of reacting and i feel like this is very in cisco's character as some of us alluded to the way he reacted with dante's death when it happened in season three so this makes sense and you know it it makes sense it's more powerful because it's been since season one we've seen these two grow and it's always it started with cisco barry and caitlin and they have a bro tp going on here and i really enjoyed his arc in here and i and i wouldn't put it past Cisco to, you know, try to find a way to save his friend versus a random person that he doesn't really know. I mean, it's this episode tested him and it tested Barry too. It tested everybody. And I like seeing, you know, I like seeing that our characters are flawed, but that they also understand like, okay, well, maybe I can't be like this. I have to be better. I have to be strong. And as, you know, Frost said, you know, we can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved or can't be saved. And that kind of hits Cisco like, okay, well, you know what? The best thing I can do for my friend is be there because they don't have very much time, as they keep saying, six weeks. So I think Cisco is my MVP. Jeff, who is your MVP and why? Um, Just kidding. There we you go. really can't get a joke, can you? Anyway, Jeff, after all of that, go ahead. Pick your damn MVP. Oh, no, I want to go last. 
I was uh, being serious. Go ahead. If one uh, of y'all don't move the fuck on. Yes. I will choose Barry. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, not so much, you know, I'm, I'm not really enjoying his Zen acceptance of depth, but I did like the fact that after talking with Joe, he did sort of take that idea. That, and he's a character who's been, you know, accustomed to saving the earth and saving the city so many times. But to, to go back to that street level of, you know, just saving one person uh, and trying to instill that and putting the plans in place to ensure that Star Labs and Team Flash continues after him. Um, uh, I think that, that felt very in character for Barry. And Jeff, who is your MVP finally and why? I'm giving it to Cecile, because I'm always ready to go last, if uh, if need be. Because I follow uh, the Brittany guide for picking an MVP. You always select five, as a just-in-case. I'm going to give it to Cecile. I just, Danielle Nicolette, I mean, y'all took the better ones. Um, I mean, Joe was number one for me, but, um, but Danielle Nicolette. No disrespect Nicolette. to Danielle. I know, but uh, Danielle Nicolette sold it for me with just that m- brief moment where her face changed. Like, it was just incredibly powerful, and it set us up for that final scene, which was just incredible. Yeah, I was going to pick her, too, for the same reason. She didn't have very much to do in this episode, but just to be able to do all of that with, with a gesture, yes. uh, I thought was, was very it. strong. And also, it really set up the scene that followed. Uh, you know, prepared the audience for what was going to happen uh, in, in a very uh, strong way. So it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed, uh, for example, 8.3. And if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Let's go in reverse order. Jeff, what is your rating? Oh, gosh, I've been going back and forth about what I'm going to rate this episode because there were elements where it was a little bit messy, like the like what led up to the emotional moment between Cisco and uh, and Barry. It was a teeny tiny bit messy, like just the character choices and and that sort of thing. But uh, the the Ramsey stuff was really interesting. The uh, I liked the Ralph subplot. I, I thought it was a great character moment for him. Um, when we did end up getting to the the Cisco and Barry moment, it was well done, and just that final moment, just it really takes it up a notch. And um, I was leaning towards the eight range, but for me at least, that final scene—not the final final scene, but the the big final scene between Joe and um, and Barry—just took it up to a solid nine. Uh, Brittany, what is your rating? Okay, I am with Jeff here. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I think whatever little flaws I might have seen um, weren't in, weren't that big of a deal. And I really did like, actually, the Cisco and Barry stuff. I liked the, the going back and forth. I liked that sometimes the way Barry was coming off was not that great with Cisco, but I also think Cisco was um, a little too pushy. Like, they had their own flaws, but in the end they came together. The emotional scenes... Um, but mostly, I think blood work, the way they they get him in here. I will say the Flashfighters know how to write their villains' entrances or the way they come out or embrace the darkness. And this one by far has been pretty pretty interesting as compared to, you know, season one and two, I think, which were my favorite. I, I'll never forget the way Zoom, like, had his entrance in his episode. But this was a lot of fun. And I think the theme of Halloween, like, really fit. So nine out of ten for me, too. Uh, Dimitri, what is your rating? I'm going to co-sign what Brittany said. I don't... I, I think the, the Flash writers really know how to write a villain's entrance. They 
they might trail off a little bit after that, but like mm-hmm. the the villains enter strong. Um, I'm gonna give this a seven point five. It was gonna be a six, but the the Joe moment and uh, largely Bloodwork storyline being so solid kind of boosts it up. And I'm adding a point five for not doing Meta of the Week because I think that's been a very predictable, very tired arc on this show for some time. You know, it's interesting. Until you mentioned that, I hadn't even realized there wasn't a meta of the week. Uh, Millie, uh, what is your rating for the episode? I have to go a little higher than Dimitri, but um, not as enthused as Brittany and Jeffrey. I think I liked the emotional moments, but I felt like the pacing and some other moments kind of pulled me out of it. So I give it a solid 8.5. Did we have a meta of the week last week? I'm trying to remember. No. I don't know, right? Uh, I don't remember. It was Nash, the introduction of Nash. It was blood work. <laughs> Nobody actually watches that. I know yeah. no one watches it. <laughs> it was blood work, wasn't it? It was just all Ramsey, wasn't it? Uh, well, Romero. I guess he was a thing. Well, Romero, I guess maybe oh, he would sure, be. Yeah, but he was, yeah, but he's in association to Ramsey, so. Yeah, but they didn't know that. So. Okay, that is true. Okay. I mean, everyone with the thinker was in association with the thinker, but, you know. <laughs> well, that is true. Uh, I'm going to agree with Millie. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. There was a lot that I liked and not very much that I didn't like. And, um, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, that, uh, that, A, the the scene with all the feels, but also that closing scene, uh, you know, reintroducing the monitor or the anti-monitor and and sending out that now he is going to be playing an important part uh, in Crisis, I thought was good and, and keeps me wanting to come back for more. So join us next time for a brand new installment of The Central City Citizen. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Central City Citizen. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer host. Please wish the listeners a good night. Millie? Good night, Central City. If you want to follow along on my social media, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. Brittany? Good night, everyone. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Damon's Lover with two R's. Dimitri? Uh, good night, Central City. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or live tweet with me when the Flash or Black Lightning is airing, I am at Brown Ball Beauty on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And Jeff, how does one get a name like Nash? I'm just saying. Happy Halloween, y'all! If you want some tricks and treats, you can follow me on the social meds: Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Poppy Chulo Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Central City Citizen every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Happy Halloween!